This is the Northwestern Medicine Pod Talk. Here's Melanie Cole. The future is now. Today we're talking about artificial intelligence and cardiovascular medicine. My guest is Dr. James Thomas. He's the director for the Center for Heart Valve Disease at Northwestern Medicine's Bloom Cardiovascular Institute. Dr. Thomas, before we get into artificial intelligence and cardiovascular medicine, tell us a little bit how you're an expert in cardiovascular imaging with a unique background in space medicine. Well, thanks very much, Mel. It's uh, a pleasure to be here, and hi to everyone. Um, I've been doing uh, echocardiography in uh, cardiology for, for longer than I care to, to remember, uh, and it's uh, it's certainly been a very rewarding career with sort of new developments coming along every year that I've been, been practicing this. The uh, the uh, situation that you're referring to is my work with NASA, uh, and that began about 20 years ago when uh, NASA was first planning the International Space Station, and um, I ended up working uh, very closely with the engineers and the astronauts to help uh, design and implement an echo machine that would fly on the space station. That was uh, ultimately launched in about 2001 and um, has uh, been used for a number of research studies, and uh, we're still using it up there. It's been updated, of course, since uh, 2001, uh, but it's given us a very unique view into how the heart functions in space. That's so cool, Dr. Thomas. What a unique perspective you have. So we've heard the words artificial intelligence or deep learning, machine learning. Tell us what they mean for the purpose of this discussion. What do they aim to mimic? That's a very good question because they're often used kind of in interchangeably. The, the words artificial intelligence are kind of the overarching term, and it refers to any computer-based algorithm that in some way mimics human thinking. Uh, drilling down from that, there is machine learning, where the algorithm has the ability to continue learning as it's presented with new data uh, to uh, to consider, and it can get better and better over time. And then finally, the most specialized is what we call deep learning, and that is where the actual computer hardware is is wired together in such a way that it mimics in many ways the human brain so that they're actually they're called neural networks so it is really as if you have billions of neurons connected with each other and it can take input and pass that through and it actually looks for features automatically within the the data that's sent to it so you could send it pictures of 10,000 animals labeled with what type of animal it is and without having to really tell it what the features are of a dog versus a wolf, if it looks at enough of them, it will just figure it out on its own. So it's a very exciting area that has the capability to really extend uh, human uh, capabilities in, in all sorts of arenas. 
Then how have these techniques been applied in cardiovascular medicine? What have they sought to explore that can help improve the quality of patient care, enable cost effectiveness, reduce readmission rates, which are a huge issue in all types of medicine? And how is it also being looked at? So that's for the patient. And how is it also being looked at to provide a set of tools to augment and extend the effectiveness for you, the cardiologist? Well, you've covered a lot of uh, a lot of topics there, and and really there is work going on in all of those. Um, I'll start with with a uh, a fairly simple one: the the time honored stethoscope, which is approaching its two hundred year birthday, and really has not changed all that much from the days of Lenek. And it really is dependent on the physician having the training to to listen to it, to distinguish murmurs, and to recognize what would be pathological murmurs. Um, we're working now with a company called EKO that is uh, that is trying to bring the stethoscope into the 21st century. Uh, we have uh, stethoscopes and other uh, sensors that can record heart sounds and upload them to the, the cloud, and uh, they're, they're analyzed by an artificial intelligence algorithm, and we learn whether that sounds like a pathological murmur or not, and we're, we're now in the midst of a trial comparing that to the results of echocardiography to see how good their algorithm is, and, and at least initial impressions are that it's it's working pretty well. Now, moving into some other areas, of course, I'm very, uh, very fond of the cardiac imaging world, and in particular, echocardiography is uh, by far the most widely available imaging modality, but it has some problems to it. It requires a lot of expertise both to acquire the images and then to interpret the images. So we are uh, uh, involved in another trial with a company called Bay Labs, who is using deep machine learning to try to develop better ways to acquire and interpret echocardiograms. The goal ultimately is to put the uh, the tools of echocardiography, a fairly simple imaging technology, out in private practice offices and in emergency rooms, uh, where the imaging would be guided and then automated interpretations could be uh, given for that uh, imaging that's obtained. So do you see this being used for risk assessment and possibly even, as you say, get it into private practices, a screening tool for heart disease? That's that's one of the models that we're looking at, and it would be... Uh, um, you know, it wouldn't be for everyone coming through, but if you hear a murmur, perhaps identified by your smart stethoscope, then you could uh, have this machine and and um, the 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 machine learning aspect of this knows what a quality echo image looks at looks like, and so even using a a very untrained um, uh, scanner, such as a medical assistant or uh, uh, someone like that, it can guide you how to move the transducer, turn left, rotate right, tilt up, to get the right sort of images that we need to interpret. 
and then it would uh, it wouldn't at this point provide a definitive diagnosis, but it would certainly say this person needs to be referred to a cardiologist or something like that. An arena where this is could be particularly valuable is in the developing world, where there simply is not uh, the sort of imaging capabilities that we take for granted uh, in the United States. And uh, the Bay Labs people have taken their device to uh, Rwanda on some medical outreach missions and shown that even in the hands of, uh, say, school teachers, they can scan uh, children who are at risk for rheumatic heart disease and identify those who have uh, uh, significant rheumatic mitral valve disease. That's amazing, Dr. Thomas. This whole topic is so fascinating. When people hear artificial intelligence, they think of things like war games, machine learning. Are there issues with trust, privacy, bias? Are there some things you're aware of that the public might not trust? Well, those are all very uh, legitimate concerns, and I think we we have to be very careful as we train uh, these algorithms that we don't uh, intentionally or unintentionally introduce bias, and that's why it is so important that they have a very large set of of, uh, images to learn from and that we include all all range of heart conditions from all uh, types of individuals. Uh, different genders, different races, um, and uh, allow it to sort of have the full education there. Now, people worry that the robots are going to take over here. I think we are a very long way from that. Uh, The robots are still under our control. And uh, the real goal is that we use this um, artificial intelligence to either augment a person who is already fairly expert in this, uh, I I greatly appreciate having algorithms that that do a lot of the the measurements and analysis for me, uh, but also allow uh, some of the capabilities of a modern echolab to be uh, taken out into the community or into the developing world. Tell us a little bit about the Bloom Cardiovascular Institute and how you're interested in getting involved in this field. What specifically are you working on with artificial intelligence? Well, there's a a lot of different areas we're working on, and we're very, uh, very fortunate um, to uh, uh, have colleagues up at the main uh, Northwestern campus uh, in uh, Evanston who are real world-class experts, both in um, uh, artificial intelligence and in mic micro-sensor technology so that we can gather data uh, either from the skin or from implantable uh, devices there, and it generates a tremendous amount of data that has to be sorted through by uh, by artificial intelligence algorithms to identify trends so that we could have some warning, say, that a patient is about to go into heart failure or something like that. And so uh, as part of the uh, 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 of a uh, recent generous uh, bequest from Neil Bloom, uh, we have formed a fellowship 
for cardiovascular disease in artificial intelligence. And so it's intended for people who are either in training to be cardiologists or cardiac surgeons or who have recently finished their training who want to become a very rare bird, which is someone who is both an expert in in the heart, but also an expert in artificial intelligence and can actually guide the development of these algorithms. So we are actively seeking um, trainees that want to come and work with us for a year and emerge with a master's uh, in the science of artificial intelligence. It's a very unique opportunity. I think it's the first of its kind in the country and uh, one that I think will really lead to uh, to some major breakthroughs in the future. Wow, I sure hope so. Really, again, this is so interesting. As we wrap up, how do you think this will change medicine, Dr. Thomas, for patients and for providers? How do you think this will result in a paradigm shift towards precision cardiovascular medicine? We've heard about precision medicine in, in tumors, in cancer, how do you think this will affect cardiovascular medicine? I think you've hit on the, the real unique promise of that, of uh, this whole technology, and that is to individualize our diagno- diagnosis and treatment of patients. Um, I mentioned heart failure. Uh, there's a, a type of heart failure where the pumping function of the heart appears preserved Uh, but there's a problem with the relaxation of the heart. And it can be very troublesome and and, uh, uh, lead to a lot of disability and death. And we used to approach this as, well, they're all the same. They have heart failure with a normal ejection fraction. Uh, But now uh, some work uh, by uh, Sanjeev Shah in our uh, uh, department here uh, has demonstrated that there are several unique types of individuals that have different uh, manifestations of this disease, and they each need a different type of treatment. So this is splitting one disease into maybe five buckets. Ultimately, we would really like to get down to the individual level to have very uh, personalized treatment plans that would uh, specifically address a person's risks and their uh, current disease state. Do you have anything else you'd like to add for the listeners to get them very excited about what you're doing? Because it is exciting. Uh, Yeah, I think it's terribly exciting. And I think, uh, um, you know, as you go into uh, your your, uh, doctor's office, uh, you may be asked to participate in some of these trials. We're currently uh, doing trials of... uh, the uh, uh, the guided echocardiogram in the western suburbs out with some of our central DuPage um, uh, internal medicine doctors. Uh, we're we're going to be doing another large trial of echo guidance in the northwestern echo lab, uh, and so we hope you'll start seeing these drift out into the the community. Hopefully, all of our emergency room and primary care physicians will be using smart uh, smart stethoscopes within five years, and we'll have a much better way of detecting heart disease and appropriately uh, uh, directing them to care. Thank you so much, Dr. Thomas, for coming on today. What an exciting time in cardiovascular medicine. Thank you for explaining that all to us. You're listening to Northwestern Medicine Pod Talk. For more information on the latest advances in medicine, please visit nm.org. 
That's nm.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for tuning in.